Ortho Carolina understands pain is different for everyone, whether you suffered an injury on the field or everyday life. The orthopedic specialists at Ortho Carolina want to help you get pain free, all in one place. Same day appointments available, no referral needed, high quality and low cost MRIs with five convenient area locations, and orthopedic urgent care in Winston Salem and Kernersville. Ortho Carolina, you improved. OrthoCarolina.com. Again, that's OrthoCarolina.com. This is Twin City Talks, powered by Ortho Carolina. Here's your host, Paul Garber. Two years ago, Forsyth County embarked on a new program to help increase the save rate of abandoned and stray animals. The goal is to reach a save rate of 90% by the year 2023. Forsyth County Commissioner Dave Plyler recently praised the program for its successes, so we wanted to find out more on how it works and how things are going. We're here at the Forsyth Humane Society on Country Club Road, joined by Sarah Williamson, Executive Director of the Humane Society. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Hi, Paul. So why don't we start with a background on the program. How did it come together? We, a couple of years ago at the Forsyth Humane Society, started to reflect upon what was the biggest impact we could have in our community. And we looked around at what was happening in the United States and learned a lot about successful public-private partnerships where a leading 501c3 um, animal rescue agency would partner with a um, municipal, county, or city shelter um, with the goal of saving more animals. Okay, and where do we stand so far now that we're a couple years into it? Um, things are going really well. We've had terrific support from the county, terrific support from our community. In 2017, the save rate of shelter cats and dogs in Forsyth County was 36%, and I'm delighted to share uh, that as of the end of September this year, we have increased that to a save rate of 79%. You know, when it was back there at 36%, I mean, your, your job must have been kind of discouraging at times. It can feel like an uphill battle, um, and, and there are some tough days, but what motivates all of us who work here and volunteer here and uh, people in the community who give so generously is knowing that we are making a difference and, and we're saving more. It must have been gratifying on the other side of that to see that number going up. Absolutely. Um, that's what inspires us every day. And we're at 79%, which is terrific. Um, we still have a way to go to get to our goal of 90%. Um, and people often ask me, why is it 90 and not 100%? And um, it's just a common acknowledgement in animal welfare that one, we don't adopt out aggressive animals who are a public safety risk. And two, um, we make the same decision in shelter that you or I would make for an animal in our home for an animal who is suffering or at end of life. So the goal is 90%. And I'm sure you get asked a lot about why it's not a no-kill shelter or, or having just a no-kill policy. So um, no-kill is a term that can often be confusing, um, and typically when people talk about being no-kill, what they mean is that an animal is brought into that shelter um, and that animal is protected for life. The Humane Society was no-kill for years and years when we were on Miller Street, and we're proud of that. But the way you get to be a quote-unquote no-kill no shelter is 
two things. One, um, you say no at the door to animals that are not highly adoptable. So you are only bringing into shelter often um, the animals that you know you can place and the animals that you know are reasonably healthy. You don't bring in animals that are at risk. And two, when your kennels are full, you turn people away. And we did that for years at Miller Street. Um, you get to say no at the door, and then most often those people are taking their animals to a county facility, which is open admission and potentially where euthanasia will happen for space. So no-kill can be um, a little tricky designation. Um, and the Humane Society, because we are open admission now and because we are attacking the euthanasia rate and we're trying to increase the save rate, we are no longer no-kill, but we in fact are saving many, many more lives um, operating as we are today than when we were operating as a quote-unquote no-kill shelter. And of course, it's more than just pushing animals out the door here. Mm -hmm. This is a multi-pronged program. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the different kind of ways that y'all do things to help boost that number? Sure. It is a multi-pronged program, um, and it starts outside of the shelter. Um, the big way to solve this problem is to uh, make spay and neuter surgeries affordable and accessible um, and to help people understand why those surgeries are important. So the first step is to prevent unwanted litters of puppies and kittens from, from being born. Um, and then the second step is we moved, when we um, entered into the contract with the county um, and began running the county shelter, um, we went to what's called scheduled intake. So the county shelter and the Humane Society now in our partnership is what's known as an open admission shelter. So we take them all in. Um, and uh, if you're a Forsyth County resident and you need to leave your animal with us, you can do that. But scheduled admission um, is just asking our community to make an appointment. You make an appointment with your hairdresser or your barber. So we're asking you to make an appointment with us. And we typically ask for two weeks lead time. And that just helps us better plan for incoming animals and better plan for available kennel space or a foster home. And during that two week period, we will ask you to try to rehome the animal yourself, and we will give you tools to do that. Adoptapet.com is a great resource. And the good news with that prong of the program is about 30% of the people who reach out to us with the intent of surrendering their animal to us um, are successful in rehoming their animal without bringing them into shelter, and that feels good for everyone. You've actually boosted the number of fosters, right? Absolutely. Our fosters are life-saving and amazing. And we uh, work our program, um, I hope, to make it really easy for people to foster. So when you are fostering with us, we pay for all of the supplies. We'll provide you with dog bowls and kitty litter and cat food and dog food and um, crates. Um, blankets, pee pads, the list goes on and on. Um, and if the animal requires medical care while they're in your home, we'll pay for that too. And, and the animal will be under the supervision of our vet. Um, and I think there's been a really strong word of mouth because it can be so rewarding 
to foster for two to six weeks because you really are saving a life. You're not only giving that animal a terrific home environment, but you're opening up another kennel in the shelter for the next animal who needs a home. How, 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 many, how many new folks have you ever been able to bring in, approximately? Well, we have, um, so I count by animals, right? Um, we have okay. about two to 350 um, animals in foster every month. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's which, a big. Is which, that how much is that? How much did you used to have? Is that uh, we used to have about maybe well maybe about a hundred. So it's grown. So yeah, triple in size significantly. Yeah, and um, it is a whole for perspective. It is a whole other shelter out in the community because our two shelters can house about three hundred animals. So if we have three hundred animals out in the community, that is a whole other shelter, and it is truly life saving. What does somebody have to know if they want to foster an animal? Um, they just need to think about what they're comfortable with in their home. You like big dogs, little dogs? Do you like kittens? Do you want to uh, feed a kitten every three hours or not? <laughs> okay. So um, we have a, an online forum on our website for scythemaine.org slash foster. And um, on that forum, we'll ask you about your preferences and, okay. and what are you looking for. And then we'll match you with the right animal. There's some animals that you are able to take out of here and put in with other placement folks, right? Absolutely. So foster and transfer or transport, those are our two biggest life-saving programs that have helped us increase the save rate in the last couple of years. And um, we work with about 50 breed-specific rescues. So we try to identify any animal in our shelter that looks breed-ish. So, you know, does he look like a dachshund? Does he have some husky in him? Um, is he uh, a Pomeranian or a Chihuahua or Siamese cats are also very popular. Um, and then um, we partner with those breed specific rescues to take those animals. And again, the goal is just to open up another space in the shelter. We also work with um, other humane societies and SPCAs um, that are typically located in states further north where they are further along than most southern states in um, getting to that 90% save rate. So they are importing animals um, from southern states. So last year, for perspective, we um, placed 1,265 animals um, through transfer or transport. So if somebody's looking for a specific breed, then they might have better luck or they might their first contact then might be with a rescue service. Right? We recommend those rescues all the time. Um, and also because many of those breeds have specific needs, um, either behaviorally or physically. And so those breed those rescues know those breeds really well and they're gonna be the best source of information for you if you if you like that kind of dog. So why then are some of these northern places um, further along? Well, it's a great question. Um, I think there are different ways you can legislate and require spay and neuter. Um, there are different licensing um, form formulas that different municipalities use. Um, and then also um, some of the places that we transfer to are very densely populated urban um, centers, so there are just more people. Um, seeking to adopt animals. Are a lot of the animals that come here, most of them come from responsible owners who just 
are, end up having something, or is there just are there just a lot of irresponsible owners out there? The number one uh, frequently cited reason for delivering an animal to the shelter by an owner is that they are moving, and so I'll go back to my request that please give us please call us two weeks in advance and try to rehome that animal, as opposed to just dropping off the animal the day that you're moving. Um, then there are. Um, Sad circumstances, life happens. Uh, people lose their jobs, there's a death in the family, the animal doesn't respond well to your children. Um, there are any number of life circumstances that happen to people that cause them to need to bring the animal to our shelter, and, and we understand that. Um, the other category of reasons why animals come to us are strays. So, and it could have been an owned animal at some point, but maybe has been out on his or her, her own for a while and is picked up um, out in the community by animal services and brought to us. Okay. So we've talked about fostering. Mm -hmm. We've talked about transfers. Mm -hmm. What else is working? Um, adoption is working. <laughs> we love adoptions. This weekend we had a wonderful sponsored adoption event sponsored by Lida Calvert-Hayes and David Hayes um, that helped offset the adoption fee. Um, and as a result, we sent 90 animals home in two days. Um, and so, Paul, as you saw, when we went to look at the dog kennels, we, today we have three dogs available for adoption. Um, so that's huge. Um, and, when and typically the, there'd be typically cages filled be back there. That's right. All right. Well, that's, that's, that must have been really nice to have a, a successful weekend like that. It was huge. Um, it, it made all of our volunteers and our staff feel wonderful. Um, and that empty shelter that we saw this morning is a reminder to all of us that it can be done. And how long, after a major adoption like that, how long does it stay empty? Or how, how quickly does it fill up again? It'll fill up by tomorrow. Um, so we don't make animals available for adoption until they've been spayed or neutered. So we are spaying and neutering very busily today. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and you were telling me earlier that this, is, uh, this isn't a very big time for adoption typically for y'all, right? This is a, typically we're in a slow period. So we have learned um, two years into running this open admission shelter that we are very, very busy for about eight months of the year where our census will be close to 700 animals. And then there are four months, which is December through March, um, primarily because of the cold weather and animals aren't mating um, as much, um, where our census will drop down. So today we have about 300 animals in care. And so what about the idea of people giving pets as Christmas presents? Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about that? So we don't recommend that you should surprise somebody with that gift. Um, I mean, maybe you could surprise your child, but I wouldn't um, surprise an adult with that gift, and nor do we recommend that um, cats or dogs or kittens or puppies be sort of placed under the tree. And um, the, the reason why we feel good about the adoption event we had this past weekend was um, it is enough in advance of a lot of the Christmas craziness that um, the adopters were bringing the new family member into a routine. You want the animal to come home to uh, a calm place and a sense of routine, which often is not the case right at the holidays. It's also super important that whoever is going to be responsible for the animal chooses that animal because you want to make sure there is a connection 
and, and a bond. Um, yeah, it's for, a highly personal decision, isn't it? It's a highly personal decision. That's a, a really good way to put it. Um, and it's fun to participate in that. Like Nobody should miss out on um, deciding which is the perfect fluff for you to bring home. Let's talk about the role of, that the county plays in this, because this is a joint effort, mm -hmm. and you work with um, the county as well as the sheriff's office, right? Right. And so tell me the role that, that other uh, organizations, uh, the, specifically the county organizations, play in, in what y'all do. So we are um, a contracted partner of Forsyth County, and Forsyth County, in essence, has outsourced to Forsyth Humane Society um, the cat and dog intake, care, sheltering, and disposition um, at the county shelter. Um, and we interface or interact every day um, with um, county employees of now the sheriff's department to make sure that we are making good decisions for these animals. Um, the county's role is public health and safety, and so they are out in the field um, picking up stray animals. Um, they are out in the field enforcing, enforcing ordinances, and they are out in the field um, in uh, unfortunate circumstances to look at making sure that animals are not being abused or neglected. Um, and so they will bring those animals into the shelter, and then those anim the care of those animals is transferred to the Forsyth Humane Society. In July, or effective July, um, the county commissioners um, decided to um, place the responsibility for animal services and those functions that I described with the Sheriff's Department. So the Sheriff's Department now has an animal services division and the Sheriff, we are sharing space with um, uh, the Sheriff's Department at the shelter on Sturmer Park Circle. Okay, the one out there by Northside High School. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so that gives you all more room then to, that gives them all more capacity, as you were saying? To Yes, yeah, so we are running two shelters. Um, that shelter has room for about 200 animals, and the shelter at Country Club has room for about 100. Okay. And is there a difference between the animals that go there and the ones that come here? It's a great question. Um, our business model, if you will, is we, we want to do all intakes of animals or have animals surrendered or brought to the shelter at Sturmer Park Circle. And the reason for that is because that is where our veterinarian and medical team is. So that's where we can best do the medical and behavioral assessment for animals that are coming in. Um, it's also um, where we have what's called our stray holds. So we are legally required, um, for an animal that doesn't have an owner that comes into shelter, we're legally required to hold, to post the picture and hold those animals for 72 hours before um, making them available for adoption in the hope that um, their owner will reclaim them. So all of that happens at that other shelter. Um, it's also where we, uh, we opened up our own spay-neuter clinic uh, for our shelter animals with the support of the county this past year and it's where um, animals are fixed, um, and then they are primarily brought here to Country Club for adoption. Uh, have the adoptions themselves increased? Adoptions in 2018, um, we, it's about the same. We did about 2,300, about, we did 2,382 adoptions in 2018, and that is pretty consistent um, year to year. 
What would you say are the biggest barriers to getting to 90%? One of the biggest problems um, contributing to shelters and euthanasia in shelters is um, community or feral cats. So there are a lot of cats living outside in our community and most people don't know that cats can begin mating as young as four months. Most people don't know that a female cat can give birth to three litters in a year. A litter can be five to nine kittens. And most people don't know that um, siblings within a litter will mate. So um, you can do the math in your head. Um, cats produce a lot of cats, um, which is why spaying and neutering them is important. And it's why um, we uh, will be working more to the next big step for us to to tackle and get to 90% is to uh, partner with other organizations like Forgotten Felines of Forsyth or Humane Solution, both of which are great organizations who help with um, a program called Trap, Neuter, and Return, which is where you trap a cat that's living out in the community, doesn't have an owner per se, um, bring them in, get them fixed, and then put them back out in the community. And the reason we put them back out is because Typically, if a cat has lived outside his whole life with little human interaction, um, even past six months old, he's not going to do well, one, in a shelter, and two, is probably not going to be happy living inside. Um, and I, you know, if you think about it, you have a cat who's used to being outside and not being touched by people, and when we bring him into shelter, what do we do? We put him in a small kennel, and we require that our medical team and our volunteers touch that animal for cleaning, for feeding, for medication. So those animals are not happy in shelter, and there is a high euthanasia rate for them. So Trap Neuter Return has proven to be the most effective programming to solve that problem. Are you pretty confident you're going to hit 90% by 2023? I mean, you're well on your way, of course. You um, I, I am confident, um, largely because of the support that we have from our community. There are a lot of people cheering us on, and we appreciate that. I will say that um, you know, getting from 36% to 79% in two years is phenomenal, but getting from 79% to 90% is going to be really hard. It's the last mile um, in the marathon. And we've um, and the gains from 79 to 90 percent are going to be smaller, and they're going to be harder fought and harder won because it is this problem with too many cats in our community. And on the dog side, um, it is the problem of dogs needing more help. Many dogs needing more help to be, I call it, sane in shelter. Um, as clean and loving as our shelters are, it is still a highly artificial environment for a dog or a cat, but but mostly for a dog. who They're pack animals and they want to be with a pack. Um, and uh, so helping them sustain in shelter is another program that we'll be working on. Is there a way, do you think, to move that adoption number up since it has been stable? I mean, how, how hard is that to do? Um, it's a great question. Um, I would say one trend that we are seeing is more cats being adopted, and, and I think that's kind of a national um, shift because more people are renting, fewer people are buying, more people are working longer hours, um, and more people are moving more frequently, and um, cats are easier in, in all of those um, life situations. 
Um, I also think that um, you know any community has um, has finite capacity for welcoming animals into their homes. If somebody is not interested in loving an animal, um, you, you can't persuade them, that, that and you shouldn't be persuading them. Um, so I don't know if there's more capacity. Okay. There is a um, hashtag that goes with this uh, program. It's a hashtag save Forsyth. <laughs> yes. And tell me about the role of social media in terms of how, uh, how you bring that, that save rate up. Um, social media, like every part of our society, is huge in animal welfare. Um, it allows people to share. Um, and if there's a super cute cat or dog, and I tell people all the time, you, you know, they, oh, I already have three cats, I can't adopt another one. I understand that, but share. Just share that cat because um, the more looks that that animal gets, either in shelter or on social media, the more, the greater the odds are that that animal is going to find their right home. Um, Do you ever find that things like like memes, like grumpy cat yeah. or any of the the dog, you know? Goldens or whatever that you see together. Right, right. Does that does that help the cause or does it hurt the cause? Oh, I think it helps. We all enjoy them, right? Isn't aren't cats the number one video on the internet? Um, I think we all we all enjoy them, and it's always good to get a good laugh. And and it's a reminder too how much. I mean, Grumpy Cat is a great example. It's a reminder of how much love and laughter um, even Grumpy Cat um, brings into our lives. That's what these animals do. How can people help with this effort? The, we have on our website, um, forsythemaine.org, um, under ways to give, a wish list. So we pop up there in, any supplies that we need. Um, and you'd be surprised, it's not just cat and dog food, but it's paper towels and um, bleach wipes and hand sanitizer, things like that, um, that are needed in the shelter. Um, so if you want to shop on Amazon.Smile or you want to spend some money at Chewy.com and send supplies to us, that is always helpful. Um, volunteer, we have an amazing um, crew of volunteers. We have about 800 active volunteers who really make these shelters run. Um, 800? 800. It's phenomenal. Um, and they walk dogs, they play with the cats, they clean up after the animals. Um, and you can put in an hour after you go through orientation. You can spend an hour a month when you have free time, or we have volunteers who show up um, religiously four days a week and are the equivalent of full-time employees. Um, so volunteering is great, and of course fostering, which we talked about earlier, is another way you can help. Okay. What exactly is the county providing? Is there is there money that's coming to y'all? Is there a set amount of funds? So they, uh, we are a contracted partner, so it is a, a fee-for-service, so they are paying us annually. Um, we just re-upped our contract um, after two years for another five years, so both parties are in it for the long haul. Um, we are also technically a tenant at the county shelter, so um, the county is our landlord, and they are paying for electricity and water um, at that shelter while, while we run the shelter. And I will add that the county commissioners and county leadership has been very generous also in helping us with projects. Um, the great example from last year was they helped us along with Unchained Winston, um, which is another great nonprofit in town, um, build an outdoor dog enclosure at the county shelter grounds. 
And um, that's huge because getting the dogs outside off leash and letting them run around, chase a frisbee, chase a tennis ball, um, speaks to helping those dogs stay sane in shelter. Um, and we can do we do team play. So if Fido gets along well with Fluffy, we put Fido and Fluffy out in that lot together off leash and they can just go to town and get all their energy out. And we all know a tired dog is a good dog. So um, that's an example of how the county has stepped up um, to help improve conditions for the animals and the shelter. Is there a budget that the county gives you per year? Yes. Do you know that figure? It's about 545000 a year. How does that money break down? Is it per animals, like for the vet and stuff? It, it, it covers our expenses for running the open admission shelter. So it pays for staff, it pays for animal care, both food and medical. Um, it pays for us to run vehicles across town between the two shelters. Um, it pays for rabies vaccines. It, it covers the scope of work. And when we negotiated the contract with the county, the premise from both parties were, was that the county, the county was spending a certain amount of money to run the shelter, and they were simply going to redirect those funds to the Forsyth Humane Society. In other words, they weren't trying necessarily to save money, and the Humane Society was not trying to make money. They were just redirecting the spend. Um, to us. Sarah Williamson, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great uh, talking to you about the program and the effort to save animals in Forsyth County. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. You've been listening to Twin City Talks, powered by Ortho Carolina. For links to all episodes, our blog, and more, visit TwinCityTalks.com.